Welcome to the Surviving Outside Sales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike O'Kelly, and this podcast is presented by Rhythm AI, prospecting, targeting, and routing simplified. If you're an outside sales or you are an outside sales manager or a sales leader, go to rhythmai.com, sign up, and have your team sign up for just $1 for the first month. That's R-I-T-H-M-A-I.com, rhythmai.com. On this episode, I want to talk about the dinner party strategy. This is a strategy that you can utilize in your sales career that I heard something about about a decade ago, about how you interact with strangers at a dinner party. And I started to test it out. I tweaked a couple things and I wanted to share what I found and what works and how you can implement this in your sales process. So the dinner party strategy was something about when you go and you meet strangers and the example given was a dinner party, you show up and there's 15, 20, could be up to 40 people there. And what this person said, I can't remember the person's name, but they mentioned, if you have to go into a setting where you don't know anybody, just start asking questions of the other people get them to talk and go as long as you can without talking. The people in that room are going to love you. They love talking about themselves. People love talking about themselves. So when you show up to a dinner party, and I used to do this in my thirties, a lot of my friends were getting married, having kids, and I was still single. And so I started to have to you know, network and meet new people because all my friends were unavailable and I know exactly how they feel now. I've got two little ones and it's virtually impossible with nap schedules and sleep schedules and all the things that come with um, having young children. It's really difficult to get together with friends. I mean, it's become a once every two months type of thing right now, because then we have to coordinate with their schedules and they have kids and they have events. And so I get it. At the time, I didn't understand. I said, well, I don't understand. How come you can't go have drinks with me on a Friday? And my buddies were like, dude, <laughs> that is bath time. That is, that, is, that is books, bath, books, and bed. And I get it now. Like I'm in the thick of it. So the dinner party strategy, I'd have to meet a lot of new people. And so what I did was I realized, okay, how do I, how do I rewrite this? And how do I create this into something that's me? And how do I transfer this over into sales? And so this goes along with all of the processes and flows and it kind of fits really nicely. Um, I'm a very curious person by nature. And if you're not, that's okay. But I do believe that that is one of the best traits you can have as a salesperson. If you're not curious, learn how to be curious. I think you should go 10 questions deep in a discovery call. Really flush out everything you can and find out as much information as possible. The more the more information you have, the better off you're going to be, the easier it is going to be to find a solution, to frame it, and to get them on your side, either for a trial or to use the product. And again, you have to change their emotions. You have to change what they're currently doing. The only way to do that is to draw them in. That's the psychology of sales. You have to draw them in. You are a stranger. And in one of the previous episodes, Connect and Sell CEO Chris Beal mentioned the invisible stranger. Well, that's what happens when somebody unexpected comes into your world. You're not quite quote unquote invisible. 
you are over the phone, but in person, you're still a stranger. So you have to build trust and rapport very quickly. And you have to draw the person in emotionally. You have to start connecting. Well, how do you do that? Get the other person talking, lower their defenses, lower their guard, lower their barrier. The best way to do that is get them talking. So the dinner party strategy was find out one question that you could use with everybody or most people that would open up conversation. One of my go-tos, because in Charlotte, it's a transplant city. So a lot, so 85 to 90% of the people that I've met have moved here. They didn't grow up here. There's very few that I've met uh, Charlotteans, natives. So we all have that in common with the majority of the people we talk to. We moved here for one reason or another. So the question I would always ask is, what brought you to Charlotte? That is always either an interesting story or it would be the next question that people usually ask, which is, what do you do for a living? Which I think is a boring question. I'm very uninterested when people ask what I do for a living. It's so, it's kind of like, what kind of car do you drive? I got that question a lot in my twenties. And now that I look back, I, I think that was just something that people ask because they just, they didn't know what to say. So, you know, or where do you live? Okay. That's boring. It doesn't say a lot about who you are as a person, but your decision to move to another city is very intriguing. And people love to share that type of story. It could be for work. It could be that they just wanted a new change. They heard Charlotte was amazing. They visited it one time. They moved down here with a significant other. They moved down here with somebody that they're no longer with. That's how my wife moved here. She moved here with a boyfriend and it ended very shortly after it got here. So she stayed. She loved it. I'm so glad that she did because we would not have met if she had not moved to Charlotte with that other guy. So that's the question I would ask. I was so sick and tired of people asking the same question. And so when you start to ask intriguing questions, when you hear the phrase, wow, that's a great question. Or, you know, I've never had anyone ask me that before. Those are good responses to questions that you ask to your prospects or to anyone. If you ask somebody a question and they have a smile on their face and they're like, wow, that's a great question. Nobody's asked me that before. And you stop and you get them to think what you have done deep down subconsciously is you have separated yourself from everyone else. This person has met before. They are now subconsciously intrigued by you. And that's a good thing. That's how you break down the, the barriers of strangers. And you start to become somebody that could become an ally, a friend, uh, et cetera. The same thing with prospects. If you walk in and you utter the worst phrase, how's your day going? As Justin and I talked about on a previous episode, you've lost. You don't realize it yet, but you've lost. You have to find a great question when you meet somebody. And it, it could be, it, it's, it's so specific. I don't, you know, I'll give you an example. I'll just say things off the top of my head. If your product works perfectly, what does the person, how does it make the person's life better? 
find out about their product, find out about them. It's okay to ask them about their work. You're at their job. There were times where I talked to, I'd meet doctors for the first time and I would say, I want to get, I want to get this relationship off on a good start. How do you like to, how do you like to receive your information? Is it with hallway calls? Is it setting up a meeting? Is it emailing you information and then following up? How do you, how would you like this, this relationship and this interaction to work? And I tell you, doctors would, would look at me, <laughs> they take a step back and they say, wow, I've never had anybody ask me that before. Um, yeah, I tell you what, let's set up a meeting. Um, you know, you can always do a lunch, but let's set up a meeting. I, I'd really like to sit down and hear more about this. The worst time to do it is when I'm in clinic because I'm really not thinking about anything else besides my next, pa next patient. And I actually really don't like when I'm interrupted by uh, reps. I said, fantastic. And I didn't stop there. I didn't walk out and think, oh, great. Yes. I said, how's the best way to set up that meeting with you? Doctor pulls out his phone. It's like, what's your phone number? I got the phone number. He texts me. It's like, just text me. I went from not knowing the guy to 15 seconds later, getting his cell phone. This physician turned out to be one of my best customers in my career because I walked up and I acted like I, I did not act like every other rep that this doctor had met before. I stuck out because I used the dinner party strategy. Just because you're not at a dinner party, the strategy still works. Open-ended question that is curious about the other person when you first meet them. It never fails, folks. It never fails. So what I want you to do is I want you to think about your specific industry. And I want you to think about who you are calling on. And the prospects, what have you, it could be insurance. It could be medical. Uh, a lot of my industry has been medical, um, but it, this works everywhere. Find out you get face-to-face. -face, what is a great probing question that is open-ended that shows insight and sincerity, sincerity into their outcome to their world. You're, you, you step, you're stepping into their world. Okay. We're not trying to immediately pull them into our world. And I think that's where a lot of sales advice falls flat and falls short. And that's where a lot of sales reps miss the boat. I know early in my career, I did. I tried to pull them into my world immediately. It just doesn't work that way. You have to have an invitation. So we have to think into their world first. If I hadn't shown up today and I never showed up to this clinic, how would those interactions appear? How would the clinic do if I wasn't there? Would the clinic be just as good? Would business just run as usual? Would they be okay? You have to think about how this disruption in your prospects day, how will it benefit them in the future? And then you can start reverse engineering how you get there. But it always starts with a great first impression. First impressions still matter in this world.
So be curious, spend time outside of work. I did not do this early in my career. I was done with work and then I would go to the gym and I would meet up, meet up with friends. And it was about, okay, work hard, play hard. And as I got older, I realized I didn't want to work in the business. I wanted to work on my business. I wanted to build advocates. I wanted to grow and expand. I wanted to replicate myself. Well, guess what? You have to start spending time on yourself. I started opening myself up to different ideas. I stopped going from, I'm 32 years old and I know everything about sales to I'm 33 years old and I know nothing about sales. That is when my life changed a decade ago. I'm 33 years old and I know nothing about sales. I haven't even scratched the tip. I haven't even seen the tip of the iceberg. That is when I allowed information to come in and became a sponge. I would think that you need to probably spend between five and six hours a week in thought, writing down and practicing. And you can do this in the car, but just role-playing with yourself. Try to think of great openers. I can tell you, I, I spent time thinking, what's a great question that nobody has asked me ever? but it's something that people love to talk about. It's their origin story. Now, I was in medical. I wouldn't go ask a doctor, how long have you been in medicine? I can find that information on the website. A lot of the information is on the website. By the way, before you go in, you're meeting with prospects, scour the internet, go to their website, see what's important to them. How they list things on the website, top to bottom, top being the most important, the bottom being not as important as the top. I used to call on plastic surgeons. First thing I would see on their page is breast augmentation. Guess what, folks? Makes a lot of money. <laughs> so it's really important to them. So I would try to figure out how I can incorporate the fact that one of their biggest things they care about is making, is making money. Obviously, everyone's in business, but it's the breast augmentations. So I had post-procedure kits. So everything would be geared around towards breast augmentation and then moving down. So I would ask about the process after the fact, recovery. In an ideal world, you know, what does the recovery look like? How long does it take? Do you wish your patients had faster recoveries, better recoveries? I'd get them talking about the recovery, the process, any frustrations. What frustrations do you have after you've done great work, after the sutures have been stitched up? What is your biggest frustration? And what they would say to me is, oh, patient's healing. There you go. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> well, you know what? With our product, your patient outcomes are going to be better. Would you like to hear about that? I would. Their frustration. I got the frustration out of them. It had nothing to do with their surgery. It was just them healing. And usually it would be because they wouldn't listen to their, they wouldn't listen to the advice of the doctor. 
the surgeon would say, don't do anything for, I don't know if it was six weeks or six months. I can't remember. I can't remember the specifics, but I remember the number six was in there. And so literally they're not supposed to do anything, no lifting, no lifting of the arms, et cetera. And of course they'd always say they'd get a patient call. Hey, I think I might've pulled one of my stitches. So another follow-up question is doctor is healing faster important to you? They'd always say yes. Again, I'm setting myself up for them drawing the leap. Oh my God, I need to buy this stuff. And they would, but I used the dinner party strategy. I found a series of questions and it wasn't just one. That was just one off the top of my head. I haven't been in that world in three plus years. I really hadn't thought about it. Um, But the dinner party strategy is coming up with a way to get your prospect to start talking about their business while simultaneously dropping their guard and bringing you in. Because when they start talking about their business, it's personal. Business is personal. Doesn't have to be about their life, their private life. Business is personal to these business owners. When you start getting them talking about it, you're starting to now talk as a friend, not as somebody trying to sell them. They view you as somebody who's a ally, not an enemy, it's going to be a much easier process to sell them. So thank you so much for listening. Let me know what you think about the dinner party strategy. If you want to you know, add anything to it, I'd love to hear it. I'm always looking to sharpen ideas. And if there's an area, if I have a blind spot and I'm not seeing something, tell me about it. I have zero ego when it comes to the sales process. I'm always learning and I'm always trying to take my process and making it sharper. I don't think it's ever going to be perfect, but I'm always trying to strive for that perfection and always getting it better. I do that by reading books. We'll have an episode coming up shortly where I'll talk about my favorite books for different aspects. I take courses. Last year, I spent uh, five figures on education marketing products that move my sales career forward. How much are you willing to spend on your career? Companies are not going to give you everything that you need. You're going to need mentors. You're going to need sales coaches. You're going to need career coaches. You're going to need more training. You're going to need to hear more ideas than what you're currently getting at your employer. If you feel like you're getting everything from your employer, Great. You, you, you work for one of those unicorn companies, but nowadays the companies don't have the bandwidth. They don't have the time and they don't necessarily think of the resources that they need to spend for every one of their employees to get advanced training. My wife works for Wells Fargo corporate two to three times a year. She goes for advanced training. They take them out of the office and they usually take them to you know, Bank of America Stadium was one of the places they used to go, the, where the Carolina Panthers play, because in there they have tons of suites and they have big open conference areas uh, because they bring in a ton of people and they have re-education or they, they call it, you know, re-education or education training or whatever, but they're constantly doing more training. Ask yourself, when is the last time your sales company pulled you out of the field and did a micro training two or three days? to pull you back, to resharpen your skills? If the answer is never, you're going to have to do it yourself. I'm sorry to say. I recommend you do at least 3% of what you want to make every year 
that's low. Talking to a lot of very talented people, that's very low. You need to go higher than that. You need to go up to 10% possibly. I know last year I did about 3% of what I want to make. And what you make today isn't necessarily what you're going to make in the future. Invest today, reap the benefits later. So there's plenty, you know, just search out. Hopefully you get one or two things from each one of these episodes to make you smarter, something you implement. That's the goal. I hope, I hope that this moves the conversation forward, but invest in yourself because at the end of the day, you're the only person that's going to be looking out for your best interest. So take care of yourself, invest, put some money aside, do coaching, whatever you feel like you're lacking. Everyone is lacking in at least one or two areas. Invest in that. You're going to see the rewards very quickly. Thank you so much. Really do appreciate it. One thing I'm going to ask is please share this with other people. You, it, you can see all the episodes at podcast.survivingoutsidesales.com or we're available on all the major platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcast. If you're listening right now, when you stop the car or if you're not driving, send this to a friend. Just one. Send it to one friend. That's all I'm asking right now. Share this. Or if you've got five or six, share it with five or six friends. Anybody that you think needs to try out the dinner party strategy. And even if you don't like some of the examples that I gave, I challenge you to question your process every day. Question with boldness. Can I be doing things better? Has my market changed? If you're still using the same sales approach that you had four or five years ago, is your market the same as it was four or five years ago? I know since the pandemic, everything has changed. Has your process changed? Has what you do changed? If, if anything is benefited from this episode, it's that you're going to challenge yourself to work on your process. And it starts with an idea like the dinner party strategy. The first words out of your mouth to a prospect in person is this, how is that going to land? Think about that. That's all I ask. Thank you again. Please like, share, download, reach out to the show. I do appreciate it. You can reach out to me, Mike at survivingoutsidesales.com. That's my email. Uh, Spelled like it sounds, survivingoutsidesales.com. Mike at survivingoutsidesales.com. You can search for Surviving Outside Sales on any of the major platforms. If you want to try Rhythm, Rhythm is a sales technology that it's not a CRM. It's a sales enablement tool that you can use to plan out your day take away all of the noise that's going on and you can just focus on selling. So if you want to make your life easier, go to rhythmai.com. You can try for just $1. And if you're listening to this podcast right now, and if you want to email me and reach out to me, you can either at Mike at survivingoutsidesales.com or Mike at rhythmai.com. I'll give you the first three months for just $1. So you get three months to try it for just $3, $1 a month. You can't beat that. You get to try a technology for $3 for three months. If you don't like it, you can always cancel, but I guarantee you, you're going to love it. I guarantee it. You're going to get hooked. You're going to see exactly the process that is used in it. And you're going to realize, oh my gosh, I can't believe I went out in the field without it. 
So thank you so much. Um, until next time, this has been Surviving Outside Sales. Have a great day.